it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, a blockbuster signing for the Bolts. Be tuned. Season 3, episode 80 of the Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Croshaw with you today. Chase, how you doing on this Tuesday afternoon as your phone is blowing up because you're such a popular guy? I know. I, I always turn on vibrate before we record. Kind of forgot the sign. But, you know, I'm doing all right. Uh, just kind of kind of chilling, you know, look, looking forward to, to talking hockey. Been a little while since we're doing the once a weeks now. Look, yep. Looking forward to doing that. Looking forward to talking football later as well. I uh, got a couple good recordings on, on the cusp here, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. And also, I don't know if the the fans have noticed. <laughs> we, no. fi- we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, the mics are actually working this time. The soundboard's plugged into the computer, unlike last week, which was like it, it was tough. It it would have been really bad if the soundboard just wasn't on completely, like because it lights up and everything. But not yeah. plugging it into the computer in general—that's like second worst like there's there's nothing worse except for the soundboard just being completely off right right I, so I, I i have to agree bit of a fumbled bag there but we got it working this time so very happy about that on today's episode of the bolts broadcast going to be talking about some signings for the organization going to be looking at the debbie camp after the commercial break talking news around the league including head coaches rfas and a statue being erected for a certain player. So uh, all that and more. Going to be a good episode this time. Hell yeah. Let's start with Tampa's blockbuster signing. Bringing in yeah. Trevor Carrick. The biggest move that you're going to see this offseason, really. I mean, if like if, if you thought the Johnny Gaudreau signing was big, just you obviously were blindsided by the Trevor Carrick one. Yep. Uh, Trevor Carrick, you know, if you somehow don't know about him already, 28-year-old defenseman, um, you know, really grew up in, in the Sharks system um, the last few years, was a Carolina Hurricanes prospect prior, you know, prior as well. I guess that's the word I'm looking for, a former draft pick by them. Spent last year, um, the last two years, just say, he's been in, in San Diego, but um, he is, you know, a, a solid, a, a, like, just kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to really explain it. He, he's, he's certainly someone who is, like worthy of a call up during the season, someone that could play games, someone that's played NHL games in the past. I mean, he's got a total of seven under his belt at the moment. So he, he's someone that like, if he really need him to, he could play, but he's not someone that's going to be just, you know, right into the roster. Good, nice 
um, older piece for Syracuse, someone that can you know potentially be called up at some point during the season. Yeah, and brother of Anaheim Ducks legend Sam Carrick. Hell yeah! So uh, elite hockey runs in this family's blood, and uh, I think it's not nice up signing. I mean, injuries yeah, come up. You know, Trevor Carrick going to be one of those first couple of guys that is going to be on their way over to Tampa. So. Oh, for sure, and he he's the type of guy like. He'll be the first black ace called up when playoff comes. Like he, like that's the kind of like player that he is. Where he can just—he's not going to bring you really any offense. He's not going to wow you and do anything. But he's not going to really do anything to cost you very often. Right now, let's talk about Syracuse and their acquirement of Jack Lafontaine. Yeah, so Jack Lafontaine—he was a University of Minnesota goaltender. Um, played at University of Michigan prior as well. Has had a very strange um, development path. If anyone's been following along, so. LaFontaine, um, he is a 98-born, so 24 years old. As I said, you know, he spent a couple years in college, played at U of M, then left his um, going into his junior year to play his final year of junior eligibility in the BCHL because things weren't really going well for him at Michigan. Played for Penticton, and then went to play three years at Minnesota. Became a captain as a goaltender his final year. Um, his what would have been his fourth season, so it would have been his kind of his junior year. The twenty twenty one season was his best year of all. You know, twenty nine games, one seven nine goals against, nine three four save. Then last year with Minnesota, you know, another fi- a fine season. Um, twenty games, two six nine nine hundred save, and he was looked at at one time as a very legitimate NHL top tier goaltender prospect coming out in the draft. You know, he's a third round pick in twenty sixteen. Was looking like a just another one of those goalies that were playing in the, in the null and were a little bit late on development, and we're just going to hit kind of like what we saw with the Connor Hellbuck. Things have not really gone that way. Um, Jack LaFontaine, you know, spent some time playing pro this year. He got in a total of 17 pro games, um, played two in the East Coast where he had a 9-2-2 save with a 3-4-9 goals against. So that's just a terrible team playing in front of him. When you got that save and that goals against, that means you were busting your ass. So g- good signs there. And the HL, a bit opposite, a 2-8-9 goals against with an 8-8-5 save. Um, kind of shows that you weren't playing the great. Your team was doing well in front of you. I uh, went four, three, and seven. Tells you everything you need to know. That how his AHL career didn't went. And then he goes to the NHL. Uh, had to play a couple games. Carolina needed him, where he played two games, had a seven-two goals against, and a seven-eighty save. So he's just all over the map. He was one time very highly touted, and I don't, I, I don't want to you know completely write him off yet, but. He's really got to find some stability, and there's a chance he could find some stability in Syracuse. We've seen goalies, you know, like figured out late, late in their career. Tim Thomas was a, was a great goaltender in the NHL from like the age of 30 on. You know, it, it took him a while, and <clears throat> that we've seen it enough in the past with Jack LaFontaine where you can still have that optimism. So I think going to Syracuse, he'll probably play, you know, a, a backup ish type role, may, maybe play a little more than your average backup, but it'll be a good place for him to develop. And who knows, maybe he ends up getting an NHL deal out of it with Tampa afterwards. Um, it, it's a nice. It's it's a nice AHL signing to have for sure because it's a guy that could really offer you a high risk high risk with not really much reward. Absolutely, and the signings continue from here as we sign this year's third round pick. Yeah, so Lucas Edmonds, the leading scorer in the OHL, um, the oldest player in the draft to be drafted. It, you know, as I talked about, a weird case. So normally, North American um, or players playing in North America, I should say, can't be drafted after their overage season in junior. But since he was technically on loan from Sweden, um, he had the European rights, so he had the one more year of draft eligibility because Europeans, you know, they're often harder to find because they, they take some more time getting through the systems over there so they get an extra year of eligibility in the draft. So he had those draft rights, so he was able to, to be drafted after a great season. Signs as ELC, 
I got to imagine he's playing in Syracuse full-time this year. Um, he's going to – I think it's a lock. He's playing over North America. I can't really imagine him playing in the coast. I don't see why they would draft a 21-year-old to play him down in the third level of pro hockey here. Mm-hmm. So I would expect him to be a regular with Syracuse. Maybe – who knows? Maybe he figures it out. He's got a really strong skill set. Maybe he, this last year was what he needed to really figure it out, get adjusted to the North American game. Maybe he takes that jump needed and becomes an initial guy, you know, like as soon as a couple games this year. It's not impossible. Yeah, and we talked about Lucas Edmonds in our draft – uh, review episode where, like Chase mentioned, older guy in the draft. This is maybe a draft where Tampa is more aiming towards keeping the longevity here with the current roster, bringing in guys that can fill in those depth roles within the first couple of years of their draft, uh, you know, draft stock. So this could be a guy right here that we see coming up, which would be a lot of fun. If not, I'm sure Syracuse would love to have him as well. Oh, absolutely. He should be a good piece for Syracuse. And, you know, piggybacking off of what you just said there, um, it, it really was a draft to try and, you know, get some guys that are maybe a little more developed or letting, you know, or I should say getting a guy who just falls into your lap, like Isaac Howard, someone right. who mm-hmm. probably should not have been available at that pick. You know, some people argue that, but at the end of the day, watch him play. It's all you need to know. He's going to be a damn good player in this league. So it, it was a nice value for Tampa. So I, I really could see these first two picks from this draft playing, you know, as soon as the next two years for Tampa, which is which is nice. It's it's a bit of a change of scenery for them. And I love the swagger, Isaac. Howard oh, dude, it's great. The Iceman <laughs> baby, mm-hmm. he's awesome. I, I I can't wait to see him put on the Bolts sweater. It's gonna be It's just gonna be great. It is. All right, Chase. Let's talk about the Bolts Dev Camp. As that recently happened. Yeah. So really didn't get get to to, to watch much of this. Unfortunately, you know, was reading more about it. Um, what wasn't, you know, some huge dev camp is, you know, we haven't had a ton of draft picks re- in the last few years. So, you know, been, been some of our guys, some of our, our lower end guys, you know, like, like Nick Perbix was someone who showed well, was looking at, you know, possibility of arguing, you know, maybe he's on the cusp of an NHL roster. Um, Isaac Howard, Jack Finley, those guys were there looking solid too. But the a name that I heard, um, you know, a few good things about is Grant Mismash, you know, recent trade piece from that Ryan McDonough trade and him and Philippe Myers came over. And Mismash is kind of looked at as an afterthought type prospect, someone who was drafted, hasn't developed quite as hoped, um, wasn't a necessarily super high draft pick, but he was someone that, that had, you know, enough stock in him where it, it was thought that, you know, this guy could become an NHL player someday. And it's been a bit slower developing, but looked good in dev camp. And that's a nice sign. He, he's going to start in Syracuse. It's pretty much a, a guarantee at this point uh, where he's going to play in Syracuse. You know, who, who knows? He could be anywhere from, from the top line to, to the fourth line, but I got to imagine he's going to be a regular. Um, hopefully this step camp was a nice start for him where he can take some big strides and maybe become a kind of surprise NHLer for us. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Grant Mismatch played for University of North Dakota for four years. Uh, last year, his first year in the AHL. So being able to see him get another year under his belt and then being, again, another one of those pieces. We continue to talk about it, but guys that are, you know, sitting right there on the cusp. Could they be guys that come in and fill depth roles uh, while we try to keep together this young uh, studly core? Absolutely. Grant Mismatch could be one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And just speaking of dev camps, I want to talk about a different team's dev camp. Um, so Seattle Kraken had theirs recently. You know, they, they got the fortune of, of getting fourth overall pick Shane Wright. Yeah. Some how, I don't know, what, what, a, what a win for them. Well, they get Shane Wright. Of course, they have Matty Beniers from last year, too. Um, so many years played NHL games already. They still had him go to this dev camp. You know, a lot of people think maybe just to be like, you know, I'm already familiar with the NHL a little bit, familiar with the facilities kind of show around thing. And, um, I don't remember who I was, what I was listening to, what I was reading, whatever it was, but apparently they were just talking about, he was just like, it, it the difference in tier level between many years and everybody else was just so large 
Like, just he looked like he was a dominant NHL player already compared to those guys. Like, no one could compete against him. He was taking on, like, a true leadership. was, like, a, like literally acting like an extra coach on the ice pretty much during the drills. That's Dude, awesome. Don't be surprised if this guy's wearing the C as soon as this year at some point. It, I love Matty Beneers, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, also, Shane Wright, you kind of got to learn his personality a little bit more in the NHL video you sent me. It was like a 45-minute video. It, it, it just made me love him even more because, like, he, he rightfully so, he, he's a cocky little bastard. I don't think he's so overly cocky where he's, like, where he's he's going to be on the greatest, I don't need to work hard, but he's cocky or it's like, yeah, I, I 1,000% deserve to, to be drafted here. It's ridiculous that I'm falling this far. I mean, you guys are going, going to pay for this. It's awesome. Yeah, some of the sound bites that I loved was can't wait to play them this year. Talking about Montreal and them yeah. taking your Slavkovsky. Um, also, after he got skipped over at number two, he said, Arizona, that's where I want to go. And then he doesn't go to Arizona. Yeah. And you, 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 could tell, you could see him. He said that one hurts. Yeah. You can yeah, see it in his face. You can see the pain. But, dude, Seattle's a, a, it truly is a great fit for him oh, because yeah. he gets to go somewhere where if he was drafted Arizona, he would have been forced into the number one spot right away. Mm-hmm. He's in Seattle. Maddie Beniers is already that number one center for them. He doesn't have to play that role. I mean, you and I were talking about it on draft night. We said Logan Cooley just got the best deal of his life. He was locked into going to Arizona through, like, every single mock draft. Going to be the third guy off the board. And then he's – we're thinking he's going to Seattle now because they're taking Shane Wright. There's no way they don't. And what a deal for him to go from a – what is it? 2,000? Fan? It's, I think it's going to seat like 4,000 or something. Okay. Like with the NHL alterations they have to do. Yeah. So it's terribly small uh, arena and the organization as a whole, we know how they've really fumbled things to go from them to Seattle and being able to learn behind the likes of Matty Beneers. What a steal uh, or what a, what a great opportunity for him. Yeah. Not the case because Arizona still goes out and grabs them. But uh, uh, that and, you know this this reminds me of Arizona. I di- I didn't even notice it until I watched this video. Did you see the whole staff was wearing matching suits? I did. I I people were making tweets about it that night. I never saw those tweets. I just noticed in the video. I'm like, what? Wait, wait, wait. This is this is this is a little a little weird. But you know, I I, I guess more power to you. I guess. So I don't know if you saw the memes where people were going to the Minions movie all dressed up. Oh yeah, did you see those? Yeah. So someone posted a picture of the draft floor and said. Can you guess what table is just coming from the Minions movie? And it's just Arizona all watching their <laughs> or all wearing their matching suits. So, oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was good. But uh, the last thing I did want to say is the stare down that Shane Wright gave to Montreal. We knew it was bad when watching, seeing the the um, pictures online. But in this video, like you get the full part of him going up on stage, and Gary Bettman's legit trying to tell him stuff. And he just does not move his eyes off of Montreal. You can feel the tension yeah. watching the video. It's 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 awesome. You know, it's kind of like Phillips Adina, where I said, "I'm you know, if it is very soft spoken voice, I'm going to fill your your nuts with pucks." Where, you know, he, he said it like he, it's just kind of how he talks. But he sounds like he's lacking confidence. Where Shane Wright is just like, "You're in trouble. You are in trouble. You should have not have done that." Yeah. So if you didn't see the video yet, make sure you go check it out. It's uh. Did you see how many really like, Shane, how Shane like Shane Wright custom jerseys were made there that people had at the draft that he was like signing? Dude, no. there was a lot. I that's tough. I did see that uh, Seattle. They already had a Shane Wright jersey, and I'm thinking, how do you how do you luck into that? Yeah, I I know that that that's that's what's crazy. What it was is the um, 
what is it, jersey manager or whatever. Uh, equipment manager? Yeah, equipment manager. He made one as a troll, and he goes, hey, watch this happen, and throws it to him. And they're like, all right, we'll take it just in case, and sure enough. Wasn't it, wasn't it a number 15 jersey is all I'm thinking about it? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was. Because and so that would I, I I could be very wrong. For some reason that number is sticking in my brain, which that could just mean he already has number fifteen for next year. Because like it was why the hell else would he be wearing a fifteen jersey? Where like Slavkovsky wore number one. Other players wear number twenty two for the twenty two draft. Yeah, which I'm gonna look that up now, and we'll I'll figure it out during the commercial break. Perfect. Speaking of the commercial break, we're going there right now. We'll talk to you in a second. The action never ends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, the DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. That was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Chase was wrong. Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't put a sports bet on it. Yeah, I don't know why I was. I don't know why I was thinking that. Maybe I saw a picture of him in DevCamp or something wearing fifteen, but for some reason that number was like seeing him in a fifteen jersey was just stuck in my head. But I don't know. I mean, we're all wrong. Uh, here and there, you know. Yeah, it's I, not very likely we're here at the Bolts broadcast, but but it happens. It does happen every once in a while. Yeah, we have our faults. And see, like if it was a really random number, I would have doubted it. But like he wears number fifty-one in Kingston, so I was like, maybe he's wearing fifteen for some reason. So like that could have made sense. That's mm-hmm. why. That's why I was really feeling it. But you know, I, I guess I'll kick rocks this time. Yeah. All right, Chase. Let's talk about the Sharks as they go out grab David Quinn as their new head coach. What are your thoughts? Do you like it? No. Ooh. Not a bad, not a good start. No, I I, I liked a lot what my, of Mike Greer was doing so far. He's really putting his own stamp on the team. I mean, like, we're going to move on from a couple of pieces that we can. You know, Brent Burns is obviously a great player, but it's not really helping us where we are. Though. We, we got to kind of go through a retool and rebuild. And he, you know, m- makes those types of moves. But he hires David Quinn, who sucks. Um, if you have young players, you don't want them to play for David Quinn because they just don't play. He like he he likes playing them like eight minutes a game and only likes playing older players. It's gonna hurt development. It's not really the right coach to have in for what's gonna be a, a bit of a retool rebuild unless they're looking for someone that they can just happily fire at the end of this process. And maybe that is David Quinn. He can be the scapegoat. I don't know, but I'm I'm not a big fan of it. This definitely can't be their long term solution. It just can't be. Yeah, and David Quinn, New York Rangers head coach from. 2018 to 2021 had three years there. So 18, 19 season to 2021 season. Yep. Um, I don't know if, if you know, Chase or if anyone listening knows, but uh, in that time span, it was like super crucial for the Rangers to really develop these young pieces that they had, like the Vitaly Kraftsovs and uh, Kapokakos and Leas stuff. Anderson. Yeah. Um, didn't really go great. No, 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 it did not. I mean, they hit on like Kendra and Miller and Adam Fox, but I think that's more the college landscape. 
they traded for Adam Fox when he was already an initial player. Keandre Miller didn't become a good player really till this year. And he became a dominant player this year. Mm. Makes you think. Makes you think. And both played college. Yeah. So, so it, it's I, I I really don't like I I I didn't mind the hire at first um because he was a you know, he was a, a very solid coach coming coming into his first NHL job with the Rangers there. Our first head coach job, at least. Um, I didn't mind the hire at first for the Rangers, but then it was pretty evident clearly early on. Like, like early on, it was pretty evident that it just it wasn't a good fit. Three years down, you know, they just nothing worked out. No players involved, played bad. And now I'm a bit worried for San Jose because they really are in a spot where their younger guys going to start playing, start developing. You know, William Eklund's going to step into a big role this year. Um, Jonathan Dolan is... No longer there, so you know they, they, William Eklund's really going to be the guy that's kind of being banked on quite a bit. They have um, Ozzy Wise from last year as well. I'm assuming he's going to get at least a chance to make the team. So if, if these guys do make it, um, they in most circumstances would be given a chance to be relied on. I don't. I'm a little worried what David Quinn might do. Uh, situations slightly different here. Uh, Steve Eiserman going over to the Red Wings, keeping Jeff Blashill on for a couple more years so that. You can continue to add pieces. Do we think that this is a similar situation over in San Jose with Mike Greer, or do you think he just thought, okay, this is the best hire for us? Well, it was a bit weird when they fired Bob Ugner so late into the process because mm-hmm. they waited till pretty much right before the draft. So that, that part was strange. Um, I think that that was a miscalculation of Mike Greer's end, to be honest. that that's you know it's, He's new to the job, and I just don't think that was the right time to do that. Yeah, you want to bring in your own guy, but at this point in the process – it's kind of tough. You're leading into the draft. You're creating your offseason plan for who you want to attack, and now you're trying to add somebody after you've already had to make your free agent signings and stuff. It, it's just it's usually not getting off on the right foot, not a great mix. So I, I, I don't think it was the best move. You probably were just better sticking out for one more year with Bob Udner. If it didn't work, then you move on. So um, it just it's it's definitely different than what, what Eisman did. I think what Eisman did worked out for Detroit. Um, Blash was able to be the scapegoat at the end of the day. He gets to hire his his guy, our guy as well, in, um, in the lawn. But San Jose's doing it a little differently. I guess we'll see if it works out. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Patrick Laine and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Former, uh, what do we want to say, Tr- trade swaps? The former swap between For, former the Former tradies. Former tradies as Laine. Tradies nuts. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <sighs> oh, boy. See what I have to deal with, people. You see this. Uh, uh, but I'm too funny. Laine, formerly with Winnipeg, now with Columbus. Pierre-Luc Dubois, formerly Columbus, now Winnipeg. They both sign contracts. Linus, a bit bigger. You yeah. can say a bit. Yeah, than just a wee. P.L. Dubois. Four years, 8.7 mil a year. Um, you know, he's making like 9.1 in the last three years, so a lower figure in the first year. I can't remember off the top of my head. P.L. Dubois, one year, six mil, just an extension of what he currently had, you know, of a $6 million pay. Um, both are fair prices for, for both guys if they're playing at, at you know, Pierre Dubois, as he's playing, six million is fair. Line, it's kind of what he's got to be playing at, not what he has currently played at. So it's kind of a payment of, all right, we got Johnny Gaudreau. You don't have any more excuses, so we're we're, we're going to trust that you can do this because we saw it in your draft year. I mean, I saw yeah. it in his draft year. This, this kid was dominant coming to the NHL, had a legitimate forty plus goal upside every single year. So now that he's playing with an elite playmaker like Johnny Gaudreau, uh, you you just got to hope that he can do it and. They're putting the faith that he can. I, I think it was a fair move. The only bitch about it is that they became a team that was over the cap and had to make a move afterwards. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We talked about the the trade, right? The Dorkstrand trade? No, no. The 
Kachuk trade? Or did we not? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think we did. That's a good question. Because <laughs> we released last Wednesday, and I think it happened last Friday. Oh, you know what? So we'll, we'll talk about that after this one. Because uh, now, dude, it feels so long ago. I don't know why. It does. It feels like it happened weeks ago to me. Yeah, Uh, maybe because we played. Well, you've played so much chill with the new roster. But that could be. uh, We'll talk about it after. Download my roster on Xbox. Uh, what what is it? Chaudus. I don't know. type in Chaudus and find the most recent one. Yeah. You'll, you'll find Chaudus. Free agent updated. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Post FA update, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Find it. It's a good roster. Yeah, so we'll talk about the trade after after we finish talking about this. Um, you got anything more to say on line A and Dubois? Nope. All right, so Aubrey Bjorkstrand. Stud. You love him. Love him. He's one He's one of your favorite players in the league. E- easily. And, you know, Bjorkstrand's got a unique story. He is a son of a Canadian who played over in um, in Denmark and played over in, in that pro league and was from this, I can't remember the town, but there's a there's a town in Denmark that produced like six NHLers at, at, in a, like, like at one time, just some small town that had like 20,000 people. And it was just a, a cool story, uh, but Bjorkstrand, yes, sure. And be, um, <laughs> you know, so Bjorkstrand has been a good NHLer, um, maybe slightly overpaid sometimes for what he's what he's brought in terms of stats, but had a great season this last year. His micro stats, his his you know analytics ha- have been great. Goes to Seattle. Seattle gets a free Bjorkstrand pretty much for a third and a fourth. That's such a low cost. This is a, a great win for them. Someone to come in, you know, and bring in a lot of offense. It's going to be unique though because he, he is a, a true offensive guy. You know he's an he's a good shooter, but they've got quite a few shooters already in Seattle with Burakovsky, with McCann, uh, Manny Beniers is a hell of a shooter. Shane Wright can shoot the puck, you know, in his own right. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> um, so they got a lot of shooters. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, if if Wright can become more of a disher and if Beniers can become more of a disher as well. But it's still just a great free gamble to take for Seattle. Oh, absolutely! Only a third and fourth. Yeah, and um, Jay Fresh Hockey. Who By the way, does all the advanced analytics was a huge fan. I did sign up for his um, service, so I do have access to unlimited player cards now. Ooh. So, so, so can you just look them up like on demand or yeah? So, how does I, that work? so I'm I'll I'll kind of explain to you as I'm doing it. So, um, I, so you sign you sign up for him through Patreon, and once you do that, um, you get access to a link through um through Google Sheets, and on Google Sheets you can go from there. Um, you can click on. Like I'll I'll show you right here, like this tab for forward cards for defensive cards. Mm. You click on it from there, and then you just type in the name up here. So we want Oliver Bjorkstrand. Yeah. Um. So I'll delete the Max Jones. I'll type in Oliver Bjorkstrand. Click on him, and we see that he had a ninety-four percent WAR rating last year. Um. He saw. Yeah. Great defensively, ninety-six percent, ninety-three finishing. Um. Goals per sixty, ninety-nine percent. He is a Truly dominant goal scorer, very dominant offensive player. Someone that played second line minutes will play top six minutes again for um, Seattle to where he got traded, and yep. it's it just it's just a you know a, a really really nice fit. But I'll, I'll I'll keep this tool for for a while. Hopefully we you know we get good use out of it. I don't have I didn't pay for the um one where I get like the micro stats. I just paid for the one where we get the base stats because it was different between five and ten bucks a month. And right now only only want to do the five bucks a month. Might upgrade in the future if we if I find that we're getting good use out of it. And a couple episodes, episodes. not episodes. A couple episodes ago, we talked about what teams are possibly doing the most to improve their team or, you know, change their team during this offseason. And we mentioned Chicago in a bad way, Ottawa and Detroit in good ways. I think Seattle kind of sneaky under the radar here with the Bjorkstrand acquisition, going out and getting Burakovsky, getting Shane Wright, who fell to them at four. 
And then I know technically it doesn't count, but Maddie Benier is going to be able to play a full season for them this year. So that's just four players that could come in immediately and make a huge difference on this roster. Yeah, so they're, they're doing great up front. The back end's icky. The goaltending's icky, but they're doing great up front. They really are. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about that blockbuster. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, we talked about it. Well, actually, knew. it's only the second most important trade of the day because we talked about the first most important trade already, the Berkshire one. This one's the second most important. Oh, okay. So be careful of the word blockbuster. But they can it, both be blockbuster. Well, okay. Uh, okay. Family video, the family yes, video trade you. of thank the... <laughs> Of the episode. We got Matthew Kachuk. We talked about how he was on his way out, uh, going to Florida, going to Little Brother. They send back Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, Cole Schwint, and a top three protected 2025 first round pick. Uh, we got a tweet out almost immediately saying, Little Brother's going to Little Brother or something along the yeah. lines of that. Which it really is the case because... Um, Eesh. why? Which, if there's no chance you were signing Huberto, <clears throat> sure. Also, I didn't realize either. Uyghur's only on a one year as well, so both only on one years. So if there's no chance of signing these guys, sure. But Huberto, it was like shocked by the trade. He he didn't expect to get traded. Huberto himself, I yeah. didn't see his reaction. Yeah, like he was talking about how he, you know he thought he was gonna get get a notification that he was being traded or get talked to the team about it all, but he was just traded. So I think he was planning on staying in Florida. He felt like a, him and Barkov felt like lifers. Yeah. So it really doesn't make very much sense to give up a top transition defenseman in the league, one of the most underrated players in the league, the guy who set the record for assists by a left winger in NHL history in a single season, a fine prospect in Cole Schwint, someone that can probably play some depth minutes, and then a first-round pick for Matthew Kachuk, who... Very likely at his career high in points. Like, like let's be honest. Like, this is he going to do that year in year out? Probably not. This was the one of the highest scoring years in quite some time. He benefited from playing on a very strong line. That line they all finished in the plus fifties and sixties. Like, like that type of thing isn't isn't really happening again. That that's that's one of those once in a career type seasons that you have. You know, I could be wrong, I guess, but reality is that that's probably the case. So. It's a lot to give up, paying him nine and a half million a year. Um, you know, it was the first sign, the first true sign then trade in NHL history, apparently, where um, if he was traded to Florida, he would only been able to sign a seven year deal because his RFA, like, like he was gonna be, his RFA rights were still kind of with like Calgary or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he was able to sign um, an eight year deal, then get traded to Florida. So it was the first one of those in NHL history, apparently. But anyway, it's it just, it's a lot of money. It's a lot to give up. I, I, I can't really see much of a scenario where Florida's winners unless you find out there's no chance they were keeping Huberdeau or Uyghur or if Calgary doesn't get to keep either of those two. Yeah, and I I just think Florida looked so good last year and well, until they met us in the second round. Mm-hmm. But they looked so good in the regular season and they played decently against the Capitals in the first round of the playoffs. And two of the biggest pieces to their success was Huberdeau and Uyghur. And... Now they break up the chemistry that Barkov had with Huberto, send him out. They get rid of a top two defenseman for them, one that, like Chase mentioned, phenomenal in the transition game. And they bring in a guy who doesn't necessarily have a complementary style to Alexander Barkov. Yeah, it's, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, Manny Kachuk is, is a strong playmaker. Like, he, he definitely can dish the puck, he can shoot the puck as well, but. He doesn't have the offensive just abilities that Huberto does. Watch Huberto does like watch him play. Watch two play. 
Huberto is a top three skilled player in the league. I will I will legitimately safely say that. Like his his just skill with the puck on a stick, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Kachuk's nowhere near that. Kachuk is good with the with the puck on a stick. He's someone you want to have the puck for sure. But he wins a lot more strength, wins a lot more with power. He'll go into corners. He'll he'll beat the hell out of you. He'll he'll be that pest. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we know that it worked with Huberto, Barkov, and who literally whoever else you want to throw on that right wing. We don't know if sure it's going to work with Kachuk and and Barkov because Kachuk's going to take more penalty minutes. Um, and, you know, it's going to limit the amount of times that they're going to be on on the ice together. Uh, it, it's it's just it's really just strange. I I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. And super impressive by Calgary because you and I talked about how this team is going back to purgatory because that's where they always sit. And this move alone shows that they are still trying to be ultra competitive, still trying to go out there and win the West. I don't, you know, I'm going I'm to look it up right now. Um, figure out their cap situation. But this was a, a very nice move. Their decor, um, especially analytically, it's Ooh, it's one of so the, good. It's it's. Arguably the best decor in the league in, yep. term, in terms of analytics. It's maybe not be the flashiest, but they I think all play. I DM'd it to you, so let me. I'm gonna yeah, go pull it up. Absolutely pull it up. But they all they all play so great year round. Um, right now they've got 9.3 in cap space. Who's still out there in free agency? Uh, probably some bum who just won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. So some guy who just had a career year. Maybe it's wrong to pay him that much money, but right now. You got the cap space, you got no choice. Go out and sign Nazim Kadri. I don't see why you wouldn't, because that puts you literally right back to where you were last year. You you can, you know, I I know that they would they like Lindholm in the middle, but Lindholm can play the wing just fine. So if you want to have a power line of Huberto, Kadri, and Lindholm, just throw them all together, throw Lindholm on the right wing, call it a day. Or you can split them up and you have two of the best centers in the league as your top two. Like like it it's Seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, and here's Calgary's top four. Mackenzie Wieger with a 97 war percentage. Chris Tanev, 93. Noah Hannafin, 92. And Rasmus Anderson, 66. But uh, definitely showed some more offensive prowess this past year. And also, all four making under $5 million a year. Yeah, and you know someone was, someone was saying, oh, but Wieger's a right-handed guy, so they got to have someone play third pretty deeper. Well, Wieger mostly plays left side, so he's probably going to play with Tanev or something. But um, anyway... It doesn't take into account, like, Oliver Shillington, he was in, like, the 50s last year, war percentage, and I can't, I'm drawing a blank on who the hell their sixth defenseman is, but they're they're in a good spot where the decor is just good. Jacob Markstrom's one of the best goalies in the league, top five goalie in the league, and the offensive core, there's enough pieces there where if they do sign Kadri, like, dude, they're, they, they might not miss a beat. It's possible. Yeah. It's a good little team there. Uh, Chase, let's now talk about Dustin Brown, the absolute legend for the LA Kings, getting his number retired and a statue. Yeah, I mean, number retirement, fine. Sure. Yeah, like, you know, you were the first captain to, to win this team with Stanley Cup. Great. That's awesome. Good good for you. And you guys won two under your leadership. That, that That's great. Mm-hmm. And he was a very impactful player in those playoff runs. A statue? That's, uh... The statue... That, that, yeah, that's something. The statue is reserved for Anze Kopitar, and that's it. If you're going any player that, that played on any of those cup teams, it's ch- literally just Anze Kopitar and nobody else. Dustin Brown getting a statue is crazy to me. Good for him. Like, that, that, that's a super cool thing to say. You have a statue at, at an arena. But, like, let's be honest. The impact between Anze Kopitar and Dustin Brown, it's it's not even a discussion. Yeah, I feel like statues overall need to be reserved for, like, first ballot Hall of Fame type of players. Like, guys that – you're Sidney Crosby's, you know. 
Dustin Brown, not necessarily a Sidney Crosby. He this he's probably not a whole I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. Let's be honest. I don't think he is. Yeah, so like it's crazy, but good for him. Super cool. Maybe they're gonna create like a whole like row of statues or something where it makes it a little more understandable, but I don't I don't know if that's the case, obviously. And it's just gonna be like dominoes, they're just gonna knock them all over. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right, finally, Chase, you uh are gonna be making a couple of live appearances. I am. For the THPN. So if yeah. people want to see your face and don't pay attention to WNP, uh, you should do that. But you can also see Chase's face on some of these World Junior watch alongs. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know how much we're talking about them yet, but there's going to be some World Junior watch alongs in, in the works coming up here for the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm going to be hopping on at least a few of them. Um, right now I'm signed up for three. Once I get my whole schedule figured out, I will announce it more and we'll talk some more details, you know, more next week and the following week. But definitely be sure to, to, to tune in because it's going to be fun. It's going to be a unique environment with World Juniors this year. Some big names are going to be missing, but we're also going to see some guys who are going to be in the NHL this year, you know, or at least be fighting for spots. So it, it, it should be cool. Um, you know, I, I'm hopefully going to offer some pretty good analysis on these guys. Mike's going to try to, you know, potentially join some someone he can. I'd love to do a U.S.-Canada. Yeah. Be awesome. Yes, that, that, that would be great. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're the same pool, to be honest. I don't. I, don't, I got to check the. Oh, the there. championship. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Sure. We, yeah. Of course. We, if we, they make it, we, I mean, yeah, we know I, the U.S. is, but yeah, for sure. But yeah, so so we'll we'll, we'll definitely be um, we'll be notifying you more as we kind of figure out those things. Absolutely. All right, that's gonna do it for the show. Quick hockey name of the day here. We've got oh, that's very very small. Uh, yeah. Fontage there, small fontage. Yeah, I don't know why it typed in that way, but it but it did. Uh, that would be Marcel Marcel. Yes, it is, and I don't know why Uli Prospect's just struggling with me, but yeah, Marcel Marcel. Um, believe it or not, we got another Czechy who has the same first and last name. We we had Ivan Ivan. Now we got Marcel Marcel, and Marcel is a six foot four, two hundred sixteen pound forward. Um, two thousand three birthday. Of course, I said from Czech Republic, played in the Czech U-20 League last year, got some um, pro games as well. He's going to be playing in Gatineau this year in the QMJHL. Uh, you know, a solid player, someone who has had some international experience, um, you know, just playing at, at the U-18s, was on the U-20 roster, or is going to be on the U-20 roster this year, excuse me. Um, you know, per- perf- perfectly fine, solid hockey player. Um, I-, I think, you know, if he has a good year in the Q, there's a chance he ends up as an NHL draft pick down the road. He has another year of eligibility coming up this year. But, yeah, so it's someone that is going to be worth keeping an eye on because you'll hear his name during the World Juniors. You might hear his name in the NHL draft next year. And seeing people with double names, that seems very old school because I know uh, back in, uh, from personal experience, I know this, um, back in, like, the year 1200, you know, there's uh, quite a bit of those. Your personal experience? Yeah, yeah, personal experience. Like, like, a, like a Michael Michelson or something, you mean? No, no. Or just, like, just Michael Michael? Yeah. There was those back. Oh, I, 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 you know, I was around in the fourteen hundred, so I don't really know about back then. Ah, uh, yes, that'll do it. Yeah, um, Michael Mitchelson, though, Whew, that's a name. You know what? You know what names are the best? You know, we've only talked about it a few times in the podcast. Alliteration names. I agree. I they're they're not, nothing, nothing better than than a CC or an MM. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, found out that I've got heritage with the last name Kaziaka. Yeah, so now you got Polish, gotta, but uh, they got to change your name. Something with a K, so you got to be like a, like a Kyle. So you can <laughs> I'm not going to be a Kyle, <laughs> but Kazyaka, man, what a cool name! You can be a Karen. Uh, we've already got a couple of those, <laughs> so we're good. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen, Chase. 
outro time. As always, we'd like to thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check us out on Patreon. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, go follow WMP on Twitter, WMP Sports Pod. This WMP Sports Pod. Make sure the Hockey Podcast Network.com, find all the podcasts and the, and the Hockey Podcast Network right there. Boom, click the logo and listen to Easy Peasy Lemon Squeezy. If you're listening, raise five stars, send your questions, comments, concerns, reviews. You don't have to use code THPN. We stand for direct news. I can't talk today. There you go. Nice job. Thanks. Thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.